entertaining people like i think that's mm. why i did ballet um as well is because the feeling that you get after you perform is like you know it's the energy it's the exchange of energy as well that's what, something that i don't think is talked enough about in australia people think when you go to the ballet you're meant to be you know uh, hoity-toity and not and not clap too much if you go yes. to russia they're chanting they're they're throwing flowers onto the stage and i want to bring that culture here i want you know to open the performance saying do not be quiet with your applause. The more energy you give the dancers, yeah. the more energy they're going to give you back. Hello, beautiful ballerinas, parents of ballerinas, lovers of ballet and everyone in between. I am Georgia Canning, the host of this podcast and founder of Balanced Ballerinas at Large. I drop new episodes of the pod every second Sunday and have been regularly sharing vlogs or tips on my YouTube channel every other Thursday. So make sure you head over there and hit subscribe. And as always, you can catch me on Instagram at The Balanced Ballerina. I just love hearing from listeners of the pod and I post pretty regular content there. So head on over. Now, I am so pleased to bring you today's conversation with the exquisite dancer and budding entrepreneur, Joel Burke. I love this conversation because it combines so many of my one true loves, ballet tales, business chat and young entrepreneurship. But first, I want to share with you a pretty funny realisation that I had right before this interview that I thought you might enjoy. Before we began recording, Joel was sharing a story about walking into a business meeting in which he felt his age was a slight disadvantage, but I quickly reminded him that it's definitely an advantage. Well, then we had a quick chat about the pros and cons of building a business or entering meetings in your early 20s, and I guess how you're either praised or not taken very seriously. There's kind of no middle ground. It's kind of one or the other. But soon after having this chat, I realized that no one had commented on my age recently. What a startling realization. Back in the day, my age always came up in various contexts. Favorable versions of this look like, wow, you have your own studio at such an impressively young age. Or that was an amazing class. I can't believe how young you are. And then, of course, there were less favorable versions of this, which looked like, Whilst we love your studio, I'd rather a teacher, you know, that's older with some more experience. Interestingly, though, many people who said the latter have come crawling back since, which means, um, am I officially old now? <laughs> Seriously, not only because clients who previously thought I was too young to impart any wisdom have suddenly returned, but also because no one seems to comment on my age anymore. No one's impressed with the fact I'm my own boss anymore. But honestly, I actually couldn't care less. <laughs> but I think it's a pretty funny realisation that I'm only now just having. I'm actually very much looking forward to entering this part of my career where my experience isn't questioned anymore due to the appearance of some grey hairs, which I tell you what, they are starting to appear, my friends. They are starting to appear. Anyway, I digress. Let's get back to the insanely talented Joel. Joel is a beautiful ballet dancer that has trained extensively with the Australian Ballet School and Queensland Ballet Academy. In fact, we both share a deep love and respect for Paul Boyd, who listeners of the pod are well acquainted with, having both been taught by him for many years. 
During our conversation, we dive into Joel's experience as a pre finalist and how he has decided to move away from the traditional route of becoming a professional ballet dancer to explore feature film opportunities, event management and anything else that tickles his fancy when it comes to shaking up this industry. Can you see why I'm a big fan of Joel? Young and full of spirit with just the right amount of rebel in him that shows respect to the dance industry while simultaneously questioning past practices and, you know, perhaps look at reinventing the wheel. Because of this, I'm officially a Joel fan and I think you will be too after listening to this conversation. Joel's most recent endeavour is to actually bring the most talented ballet dancers from across the world together to showcase their incredible ability over a series of two intimate evenings at South Banks Piazza Auditorium, which is an incredible outdoor stage that's fully undercover and perfect for COVID times. Shortened to big, the Ballet International Gala is the perfect mix of international and local partners. Attracting art and ballet enthusiasts, this event is actually going to be like no other. Joel has some big names and he wants you to feel like you're at a ballet festival while celebrating the artists like rock stars and highlighting the importance of bringing ballet to the people. Big is on Friday 25th and Saturday 26th of June of this year. I'll actually be attending the Friday performance and you can purchase tickets from balletinternationalgala.com. I hope to see you there and whilst I have only met Joel the once for this interview, I'm actually so proud of this young man's ability to form an amazing team around him and shoot for the moon. Enjoy my conversation with Joel Burke. Welcome to the Balanced Ballerinas podcast, Joel. Thank you so much for meeting with me. Um, I would first love you to introduce yourself to the listeners in regards to where your dance journey began. Thanks for having me, Georgia. It's um, lovely to be here. Yeah, so uh, my journey really started like the typical guy's dance journey, really. I have an older sister and my mum also did ballet. She was a ballerina. Um, And so, yeah, I was actually watching my sister just dance all the time and thought, hmm, that looks looks pretty fun. And we used to get DVDs um, of her dance concerts and things. So it would be sort of like, you know, how kids always have the one DVD that they always want to watch over and over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> Yours was your sister's dance concert. <laughs> Pretty much. They did uh, Chicago, actually, of all things. And obviously my sister was um, closer in my age. I was about four at the time, so she would have been eight. So she wasn't doing that. But the older girls were doing um, He Had It Coming. Um, and I don't know, I was just like, wow, that looks really <laughs> cool, even at four years old. And so I think, yeah, I moved into it from there, started tap. Um, Tap was my main thing I did up until about 11, um, but I also did cricket, rugby, um, did all the sports, yeah. running, um, but I think I'm a bit of a perfectionist and went, okay, well, how do I get better at, you know, tap? And I thought, well, the ballet is definitely the best way to do it. And then after my first class, I sort of really fell in love with it. A lot of um, male dancers find their first feet in dance through tap, which is really interesting. (laughs) When did you ditch the tap tap shoes and stick to ballet? Yeah, I think I probably ditched the taps around 11 Mm -hmm. um, and then came back to it every now and then just because it's so much fun. It's something you can just pick up, can't you, and sort of put down. Not not really like ballet. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, true. Although that's what I'm attempting to do at the moment. But no, tap 
I really found helped my petty allegro really well because it's oh, all the oh. fastness in your ankles and everything like that. So, and it's also the rhythm. I think if you've got good rhythm, you can kind of do most things in ballet or you can hide most things in ballet. Yes, no, tap definitely gives you some musicality. So what um, kind of uh, school did you join to start? Were you at your sister's school? Yep, yeah, I joined Kick Dance, just mm-hmm. a local school in Bulimba. Uh, we lived around there, so it was, um, yeah, just fitting. And then moved off into probably, uh, yeah, I went to Kelvin Grove and did join that sort of the dance excellence program and um, went full-time in when I was about 14. Mm-hmm. So I joined the ADPI, Australian Dance Performance Institute, it was called at the time, and actually skip, went home school and skipped year nine just because I just wanted to focus purely on uh, dance. And I thought, well, if I can get school out of the way as quickly as possible, then I can spend more time um, working on dance. And around that time, um, about a year into ADPI, they told me that uh, Queensland Ballet had just started up, uh, Lee Shong Singh had just joined, um, and then they were opening up the academy. Yeah. So, so Queensland Ballet obviously still exists, but the academy was starting. And so it was sort of the perfect time to audition. Um, so I joined from there and that was just, yeah, stepping right into the deep end because my, my ballet wasn't very strong at that point. Um, but then I was lucky, lucky enough to have Paul Boyd the moment I got there. So he definitely whipped me into shape from the get-go. I was quite naughty too and quite um, <laughs> outspoken. So he definitely, definitely put, pulled me in. And actually, I, I'm so grateful for what he's done for me just as a person, not even dance, but just the values he's given me in life. And yeah. yeah. The listeners are very familiar with Paul Boyd's uh, story because he has, like I said to you earlier, been a guest on the podcast, but I also often talk about him as I find that he was one of the um, pivotal figures in my um, teaching journey. And I definitely found him to be very tough love kind of teacher as um, we both had a chat about, but it definitely brought the best out of the student I think there's many many people in Queensland if not just Australia or the, the world that have got that similar story with Paul where they've um, you know he's been the pivotal point for them in their career and yeah. pushed them in beyond ways that they thought was even possible for them to be pushed but yeah so from Queensland Ballet Academy where did you go then for Queensland Ballet Academy um, I auditioned for the Prix de mm-hmm. and so I that year I received the Francois Klaus Robin White Award in so it just means it's kind of like the most outstanding award at QB um, and then decided okay I'll audition for Prix de Lausanne ended up just getting in and I went okay well this is interesting so you seem surprised but I'm sure if you receive Francois and Robin's award that uh, <laughs> you shouldn't have been surprised I think it's uh, probably a bit of imposter syndrome because yeah. I used to grow up watching the Prix de Lausanne, you know, videos every night going, wow, these people are amazing. And mm-hmm. um, you know, I just didn't think of myself as being one of them. I, I just thought, you know, I'll give it a shot and audition. Yeah. And then when it came about, I went, okay, well, I guess I've got to do this now. Um, so I involved my uh, Christian Tutchev and Lee Shung Singh went over to Lausanne with me which was incredible that I think that changed my dancing forever because the amount of inside information I got from Christian and Lee about training technique uh, was just unreal. You know, um, we were, I was rehearsing Le Bayadere, which is 
pretty much, of course, I chose one of the hardest variations to do. I was going to say, to what, what variation did you do? Yeah, it was, of course, I just, yeah, decided, you know, not only are you going on a rake stage for the first time, but let's do the hardest one. You could pre- think of. Was it was on a rake stage? Yep. Oh my gosh. Okay, I have so many questions. So, <laughs> first of all, what was it like traveling with Christian and Lee? Like, that would have been very intense. Were you a bit awkward at the start? Like, uh, <laughs> jumping on a plane with them? Well, I didn't have to catch the plane with them okay um, that's all right so that was a little less awkward uh, Lee Lee's because oh, he's so busy he came a bit later okay. um but Christian I spent most of the time with um I had a, already a very strong relationship with Christian he's he's a lovely lovely man yeah. um just again another pivotal pivotal point for me in just being a human being a yeah. good human being um and so yeah I, it wasn't too awkward I knew Christian really well um <laughs> but yeah they definitely just that whole training process, I think, was almost more rewarding than actually the performance part, which is kind of odd to say, but uh, yeah, it was just, there's so much behind the scenes that goes into training, um, and they can tell you stories. Um, I know I went down to Sydney with Christian and Lee, mm. and they took me to lunch, and just the actual stories of them performing and what to look out for when you go on stage and their mindset, you can, you can really gain a lot of um, insight just those small conversations yeah it doesn't surprise me at all that you're more interested in the process <laughs> than actually any results that would have come yeah. from pre because of just you know what we're going to talk about later in regards <laughs> to um you know ballet international gala so that doesn't surprise me at all joel um but yeah no that's really interesting tell me what it was like dancing on a rake stage oh my so goodness for, actually yeah. maybe explain for the listeners in case they don't know what a rake stage means right so uh, the rake stage uh so at the back of the stage upstage is higher than downstage in the front and the reason for that originally was because they didn't have tiered theaters um so the best way you could see people at the back of the stage um was to actually put the stage on a tier and it was only until recently they decided oh it might be a bit easier for the dancers if we tier the seating rather than the stage rather than the stage yeah. but i mean the traditional theaters still have it or russia um mm. Mariinsky, all those theaters still have it um, garnier in paris and um mainly what you have to do is you put your weight um you lean back because if you're on a tiered uh, raked stage if you lean what you normally do on a flat stage you fall forwards um which because when we got arrived at Prix de Lausanne, we had one class on the rake stage and they said, okay, now we're going to just run your variations. Oh, and by the way, this is being filmed in front of the whole world. And, and it's your first time on a rake stage. First time running the variation on the rake stage, yeah. Because I was going to say, I mean, it's not like the rehearsal spaces are raked. No. So it's like, how do you then prepare for that stage and and how long do you have to prepare for that because yeah, i can imagine don't. it's completely yeah yeah it, it was terrifying um How'd i actually go? i fell over <laughs> oh did you yeah I, I did i um i got through so much of it as well um for those that don't know the bite a variation it it starts with one manage which is just tricks around the stage um then it goes into the turning sequence and then it goes into the jeté manage um which is you know, more split jumps around the stage and you finish with chenets and it got to the chenet part. And because you're, I was used to just doing normal chenets on a flat ground, that that's normally fine. But when you're on a rake stage, each chenet makes you feel like you're on a rocking boat. Oh, and yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I just went chenet, 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 went to do my double tour and just landed right on my butt. 
<laughs> and they were filming it? Yep. And so the whole world saw that? Yeah, I had m- many, many messages going, it's oh, fine, no. you're fine, it's okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, my goodness. Oh, my gosh, that's so funny. Yeah. How did you feel? I mean, in that moment, did you beat yourself up a little bit? Or were you like, that's all right, this is my first time on a rake stage? And yeah, you I sort like, of just okay. laughed it off. Yeah. Uh, you, you can't do anything else, I suppose. But no, I, luckily that wasn't being judged, that, that variation. So if you look up my variation at Prix de Lausanne, you won't see me falling over, so that's really great. Oh, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Oh, gosh. how What an interesting experience. Oh, yeah. I mean, after falling over at Prix de Lausanne as well, I've, my whole sort of confidence levels actually went up, which is really weird. You'd think that they would go down, but um, I suppose I reached a point where if I was going into an audition or a class just with the QB company, it was sort of like, well, I've fallen over at Prix de Lausanne. Yeah. Like, You've sort I'm of done fine. the worst yeah. that can that yeah. can happen, really. So, <laughs> yeah. it's, so it's I can all go uphill. for it, and I and I really did. I started just yeah. going for very hard variations, tricks, and rehearsing them because I thought, well, if I can push myself there, then how far can I then I keep pushing myself? Yeah, we'll see where it goes. And yeah, I think it was actually the best thing that could have happened to me. Yeah, it's um yeah. it's important. I know working with students, I and they if they experience anything, not quite that, no, <laughs> not you know, <laughs> falling over on stage at the Prudel's arm, but you know, even you know, small to medium sort of versions of that, and always trying to find the teaching yep. and the lesson out of that experience. But um, yeah, I'm very impressed that at such a young age you were able to turn that into a positive so quickly because I know myself at that age I probably wouldn't have (laughs) I would have been like this is the end of the world but anyway I um wanted to then sort of have a little chat about your sort of I guess move into more like different spaces in the dance world as opposed to pursuing a classical ballet career yeah well I suppose my whole family's background is in live events um, and so you know I grew up they do the staging for Elton John, U2, Michael Jackson when he was around um, so I guess I, I saw a lot of what can be done with production and how mm. how much you can move people just from this sort of sh- sheer scale of a production um, and I wanted to bring that aspect to ballet always I wanted to do this so I got to the point where I was going, well, do I want to be, you know, spending 10, 11 hours of my day training really, really hard doing ballet? Or do I find this passion and this understanding of this art form and see what I can do with it um, behind the scenes as well? And so I I toyed with that idea and then I just realised I I just had to do it because I didn't want to reach that point where I go, what if? Um, You probably also didn't want someone else to do it and you go... as well. (laughs) That was my idea. (laughs) Yeah, 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 pretty much. Um, So, yeah, I I always had that sort of feeling that I wanted to do something. So I started um, a little bit, you know, started small um, and wanted to do just, like, help out with events and things. So I joined my cousin's company and, you know, started working on the ground with that and Mm. then decided, okay, I'll put on my own um, festival which was going to be the Queensland Dance Festival, which we got Queensland Ballet partnered with us, uh, yeah. QT, everything like that. And then COVID hit. And so pretty much... How unfortunate. <laughs> seven, eight months of planning this event just went instantly down the drain, um, which happened to everyone. So, you know, you can't complain because everyone's had so many worse stories than me. Um, so I, I was still 
felt very fortunate and thought, okay, well, this is the time we can build back. This is, you know, when, when things like this happen, you can either let it, you know, it's the falling story again. It's like you can, yeah. it's where, what, where the positive is in the story. And so I thought one thing is Australia's handling the pandemic really, really well. Um, we're very, very fortunate. And also a lot of the international artists overseas aren't dancing and they haven't danced still. So I actually messaged, um, I spent some time at the Royal Ballet Summer School in 2017. Mm -hmm. And around December 2020, I messaged Nick McKay, who's the brother of Julia McKay, um, who were the youngest ever Americans to train at the Bolshoi Theatre. And then uh, Julian actually won Prix de Lausanne and then he moved over to um, be soloist. No, he went to Royal Ballet. Then he went and became soloist of Mikhailovsky Theatre in Russia and now he's principal at San Francisco Ballet. And I just messaged him on Instagram and said, do you <laughs> want to come to Australia and perform? And Nick replied, sure. sure. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and so within a week they were signed. Um, and then they said, also, we know all of the dancers you need for an international gala, which you know Australia doesn't get because we're so far away, where COVID has now opened this opportunity because none of them are performing. Yeah. And so, yeah, we've ended up signing two principals from La Scala, Nicoletta and Timofey. We've signed Lauren Lovett, uh, principal of New York City Ballet. Um, we're, we're partnering with Queensland Ballet, uh, with Victor Estevez, the principal, and Mia Heathcote, senior soloist. Um, we have... Yeah, Adam Zahn Bakhtier from Astana Opera. And yeah, we just have all these incredible international stars all coming out. Which is Brisbane. really unheard of. Yeah. And, and that's why when I received uh, your email about, about, you know, the event and, you know, partnering with studios, which is really clever, by the way, <laughs> um, I thought to myself, who are these people? What is this? Like, how have they got all these people on the same bill? Like, it's just a star-studded event. And, yeah. uh, like, I guess COVID has, again like turning this into a positive, presented an opportunity where we can get our hands on these dancers who don't travel to Australia because their schedules are so packed. But now that they're, I'm wanting a different word than desperate, but they are desperate (laughs) to perform. And so perhaps by now having them performing and on our shores, that opens up when the world is back to normal-ish, I guess, whenever that is, um, that they're more open to coming. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I think, you know, we've got them staying in the most beautiful um, COVID-compliant resort, um, which, you know, just because we're able to spread out so much in Australia as well, Mm. it's incredible for them because they're always so used to being cramped up and put into hotels and things. And so, uh, yeah, they were... They're all such lovely people and they're all really, really excited to come back. I know Nicoletta and Timofey have been to Australia before. Um, and yeah, so it's, it was sort of just out of the blue. Um, and yeah. it all just within about two weeks, all of these dances were signed and we're rolling with it. And we've, tickets are going really well and we're going because I think everyone's misses um, they the, do. the live performance mm-hmm. so much that the moment something was announced, they just went and, and got a hold of it. So, yeah. It's it's a nice feeling knowing that I know even just in my small community that people are incredibly um, excited about going back to the theatre and it's a nice feeling because for a little while there <laughs> our industry was very much dubbed as not important or yep. not essential <laughs> and even 
for me, I was like, what do you mean I'm not essential? And it was like really <laughs> traumatic for a second. It so it's nice that people, you know, are really excited yeah. to bring ballet back. Well, as well as even just from an, an essential point, I mean, obviously we're not saving lives as such, mm. but on an economic view, what live performance brings um, to the economy is quite remarkable because you have to take into consideration what people are, you know, people are getting Ubers to the theater, and then they're going out and going to the local restaurant, um, or they're parking. They from interstate, they're coming in, getting a hotel, and, and so the actual economic impact that that has when you just take live events away is huge. That hasn't yeah. actually been really touched on, um, and so it's really good that you know we're in a position now where we are able, unlike other countries, to start opening up because it's incredible what this would mean and uh, one thing we really wanted to do as well is bring everyone back together so that's why we've involved ourselves with all the dance schools because dance schools have been hit extremely hard and the ones that are still going are super super resilient because you know yeah, you had zoom classes or you oh, don't even talk to me about zoom classes <laughs> <laughs> i never want to do zoom classes again yeah, yeah. i apologize for there are lots of international listeners that will occasionally they always whenever they hear me say oh, i never want to do zoom again they're like yeah. georgia we're still doing zoom so <laughs> please be yeah. kind i'm sorry guys i'm sorry yeah. feel very strongly about it um but um so 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 big ballet mm. international gala was that pretty much then born i guess out of your festival that you were going to put on it was yeah so you were going to put on something very small and now mm. you're putting on something very big yeah yeah <laughs> we just thought yep yeah, screw, so, screw starting school we'll just call it big and start big and, so um, much for starting off with baby steps joe yeah no just dive in and just yeah keep going but we've had so much support from so many people it wouldn't have been possible um to do it without it we've had um you know help from the government to make this happen and and things like that so we're very lucky in that sense um you know it's people people can always sit there when they're doing something and just say oh just because you know we're we're really all these amazing things but at the end of it it's just who you have as a support network that helps you get it along um you know there's no way we would have been able to do it without everyone we're involving including the dance schools that are helping us you know market it out and everything so we're, we're extremely extremely grateful on that front um we we just are passionate about ballet that's all we actually are doing you know we love ballet we want to give a really really good show because we know people love live entertainment and so yeah i think the lineup as well is just going to just be absolutely captivating what we've got we've got Adam Zambaktia, who is pretty much the best technician jumper in the world today in ballet. He can do things that no other male dancer can do. And he's coming to Brisbane for a month. He's staying. Crazy. And it's, it's just unreal. Um, some of these people are superstars. Adam Zambaktia as well, his background was he was actually a wrestler mm. of all things. And then oh, moved, really? I didn't know that. Ballet. <laughs> yeah, so it, they're just, we actually have a documentary... Um, being created about it because I was going they, to ask you about this yeah because yeah. they all have such um interesting backstories whether it be you know high up in political families in Russia or if they you know came from poverty or if they you know like Adam Zambaktia came from Cuba I'm not, not Cuba he came as a wrestler um it's just quite remarkable um that they all ended up doing the exact same thing and are all on the same wavelength when it comes to dance and the language of dance um mm. And so who else is involved? 
behind the scenes or no 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 so um the your bill the the dancers yeah yeah so we have um yep the two Timothy and Nicoletta from the Scala Principal yep. Dancers, which are a massive Queensland favourite, just from coming from La Scala three years ago, I think it was. A little while. Yeah, and um, then we've got uh, Queensland Ballet are getting involved. Um, they'll be performing uh, Romeo and Juliet, nice. which should be very, very nice. I'm really excited to see that, especially because it's uh, Mia Heathcote and Victor Estevez, so they're partners. Yeah. Mia's um, beautiful. She's absolutely stunning yeah and she's yeah i i said the moment we started this i want I, I want mia and i want her to do juliet because she's just gorgeous um so we're really excited for that um we've got adam zambacht here and i can't announce what he's doing but i promise you it's going to be really exciting okay um lauren lovett from new york city so this is really interesting um lauren is now moving into choreography as well and yes, she I saw that yeah and she had a gala um that she was doing with the New York City Ballet Gala and she was meant to premiere her work in New York and because of COVID that got shut down so she's actually premiering her piece at our gala instead so we're actually getting what New York was meant to get which is pretty cool for Brizzy that Uh, is very cool (laughs) um I'm I'm even more excited now that I have tickets (laughs) (laughs) that feels very special very posh that we're getting (laughs) we're getting the debut of her work yeah and then another aspect I'm really quite um passionate about is the collaboration of the arts so I've involved um I went to school with them actually when I was 11 Mm -hmm. and hadn't spoken to them since they're called the Selfish Sons. They're an upcoming Queensland band, and they're pretty much the next big rock band that will come out of um, Queensland. And so they're going to be putting on their songs, but they because we have a live orchestra, a 60-piece live orchestra that will be on the stage, they're having all of their rock songs composed into the with the symphony orchestra. Wow. And so... What an opportunity for them as well. Absolutely. Because yeah. when could they really do, do that? Or yeah. especially during COVID and why well. not at a ballet gala yep yep and well that's so that will be our finale where uh selfish sons will come out um and they'll start performing their rock songs yep. with the orchestra behind them on stage and then all of the ballet dancers will come out and um start doing tricks and that will be choreographed by daniel gordiello ex-principal dancer of aussie ballet so Incredible. Yeah, I'm really excited for that one. Hopefully some of these artists do a David Holberg and just fall in love with <laughs> Australia and stay here. <laughs> that, w- that would be very nice. That would be very I'm, cool. I'm, I'm trying to convince a few of them actually going, yeah, it's a really nice place to come yeah. here. Yeah. Well, it is. It, I mean, the more that every time I travel, I'm always very excited to come home. Yeah. I always say this. I mean, maybe because I'm not... I mean, travel to me, I get, I get a bit tired <laughs> yeah. and a bit grumpy. And once I'm somewhere, I'm fine, but I get very homesick. I'm such yep. a homebody. Yep. And I don't know whether that's due to Australia being a pretty damn good place to live it's in. It's incredible. Yeah, or whether I am just a homebody. But I think a lot of it has to do with you realise how lucky we are here. Yeah. And it's pretty amazing. But you've got, so we're speaking a lot about Ballet International Gala. You've got two intimate evenings at the South Bank Piazza Auditorium. And it's, uh, I will pop this in the intro earlier, but it's Friday 25th and Saturday the 26th of June. I've got a bunch of my Balanced Ballerinas community coming along. See, and before we were talking about, you know, the arts community, which is also supporting, um, you know, at a larger level mm-hmm. um, the economy because we're going to a bar beforehand and we're meeting yep. there and you know I'm sure we'll spend a lot at the bar before <laughs> <laughs> 
So I was going to ask you about running a COVID safe event in a COVID climate. What are you feeling a little bit nervous about perhaps? We have a lot of contingencies uh, in place. So luckily one of my business partners, Cal, he's an entertainment lawyer. So all of our artist contracts are in a 12 month um, period, uh, first right of refusal. So say if COVID was to shut down everything again, we have the ability to postpone the event with the artists, which is really, really important. Super important, yeah. yeah. Um, what we've noticed as well is um, just through data with our ticketing company and everything, um, when you postpone an event, about 50% of people uh, keep their tickets just for that event afterwards. And all our tickets are completely fully refundable anyway, because we have deferred a lot of our costs just because it's, it's a new way you have to think about putting on a live event normally what you would be able to do is sell tickets and and then use that ticket money to then put the show on yeah uh we're not doing that because we we can't because we we don't want to lose patrons money and um we don't want to lose our own money and so instead we've we thought of many many different ways um to be compliant with covid yes which is i think it's quite um, interesting on how if you still believe in what you're doing you can find a way to still put on an event yeah. um, and if we if we have to postpone we have to postpone I so far Queensland's doing well Queensland's so, doing amazing I yeah. think it's going to be absolutely fine and also yeah. especially because the South Bank Piazza Auditorium is you're very clever outdoors yes <laughs> <laughs> technically I mean it it's got sort of a roof but it's yeah. it's 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 open air yeah. Um, yeah. So it's the perfect venue. What I, and what I love what we're doing as well is we, we're, we're changing sort of the... Is you're not going to be going just to a normal theatre as such. We, because we're putting the orchestra on the back of the stage, so you'll be able to see the orchestra um, performing. But we also have a huge LED screen that we're putting up on top of, above where the dancers will be dancing. And so when, when the dancers come out, you'll actually be able to see their backstory. You'll be able to see what piece they're doing, what's the background with the piece, and just interesting information that mm. you don't normally get to see. Normally you see a ballet, and um, you can be a little bit confused about what's going on. Um, we don't want that. We want everyone in the room to get something out of the performance, whether it just be, you know, oh, I didn't know that that's what that piece actually meant. Yeah. Or, um, and we're doing that in a very exciting way because the McKays have their own production company, so they are very good at hyping up um, all of their content that they film. So it's very exciting. This is a massive event, Joel, like huge. <laughs> um, and I and I don't want anyone listening to be like, how is Joel just putting on this all by himself? So yes, could yes. you explain <laughs> what what kind of team is behind this? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So I, I, including myself, we have three um, directors. Um, one being Khaled Tarabay, he's an incredible entertainment lawyer. He's put on events all throughout his career as well, whether that be assisting in the legal side or just you know, doing it himself. Uh, we have Beck Phillips, who's a lifelong friend of mine. I grew up with him. We, we have literally pictures of us in nappies together. <laughs> um, his whole family is in the music industry as well. Yeah. Um, and my family as well, uh, they own All Access Crewing. And so they, any sort of live event you see in Queensland, they're doing it they're doing the staging and the production and everything like that so whether it be elton john or um pink or macklemore Mm. they're doing it so we also have um uh macklemore's tour director chris fussell 
helping us, advising us on things to watch out for, look for um, in, in the planning process. Uh, we have Wendy Lacey. She does the, have you heard of the Paniiri, the Greek festival in Brizzy? No, I haven't. Okay, she, she's the event manager. So she's our event manager. Okay. So she's doing all of that. Uh, we have Wine and Dynam as our catering company. So yep. we actually are hiring throughout in Brisbane alone because we have more shows coming in other regions um, like the sunny coast and things. But mm -hmm. just in Brisbane alone, we're hiring over 160 people. Um, so Amazing. that's another aspect that, you know, what I was saying before, it's not just us is it, we couldn't do this without the people like yeah. Wendy Lacey, uh, Didymic from All Access Crewing, because they're the geniuses. We're just smart enough to realize they're the geniuses and put them all in the same room yeah. and let them do what they do best. It's about so often, you know, um, being the dumbest person and surrounding yourself yep. with all these smart people. Not saying at all, Joel, that no, at all, no, but I yeah. find I love to surround myself with very smart people so that, you know, I can just let them take hold of yep. the big ideas. Yep. You sound very much like a big ideas person. Yes. I'm a little bit like that. And then we need the people around us to take care of all the nitty gritty bits. Yeah, yeah. Um, for example, I have absolutely nothing to do with the financials of my business <laughs> because you, I wouldn't have a business if I was responsible for that. But yeah, I, yeah, I know exactly yeah. what you mean. Yeah. Um, no, it's um, a massive event. You should be incredibly proud of yourself though because it's obviously your vision how what, how are you going to feel when you see this finally on stage oh it's going to be a lot of relief i reckon but um no it would also be just pride i suppose which is probably the wrong word to use but um yeah it's been so long of planning not just this event but just putting on things and just to see it finally come back and live events to be finally coming back it's just going to be absolutely incredible and to I think it's always just special to see so many people uh, working on the same thing at the same time. I think there's a real um, special feeling you get when you know everyone's got the same goal and everyone wants something to happen because you know we, I think a lot of the times in life you, there's a lot of people going, oh, I wonder, I hope they're not doing something, or I hope not they're not doing anything. And really, what we want to do is just be an open canvas where we can have all the different companies and all mm. the different schools in Queensland just come together and collaborate together because really in the end that's what we're doing we should be all just being artists collaborating um, and putting on the best possible show for our patrons and I love that because there's so many industries where collaboration is key and collaboration mm. is such a huge part but for some reason in the dance and ballet world especially the ballet world um, <laughs> collaboration doesn't happen as mm. often as people would think mm. and it's still a little bit stuffy and a little bit elite and <laughs> and I think what you've planned it sounds so fun and so mm. amazing and for example I'm taking um, a friend along who's never seen a ballet before yep. so you know not only is she getting a, you know th some of the most amazing dances in the world <laughs> but she's also having a nice little you know taster plate of yep. all these different uh, ballets and also throwing in a bit of a rock concert so she's going to be very disappointed when she goes to see you know another ballet <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's not always the rock concerts at the ballet there's sorry, not guys. always <laughs> not always so it sounds like you really have um, uh, a passion for business and putting on events so did this come from your parents from watching them with their business well so it was my cousins um, yeah um, no I think I just really like 
entertaining people. Like I think that's mm. why I did ballet um, as well is because the feeling that you get after you perform is like, you know, it's the energy, it's the exchange of energy as well. That's what, something that I don't think is talked enough about in Australia. People think when you go to the ballet, you're meant to be, you know, uh, hoity-toity and not, and not clap too much. If you go yes. to Russia, they're chanting, they're, they're throwing flowers onto the stage and I want to bring that culture here. I want, you know, to open the performance saying, do not be quiet with your applause. The more energy you give the dancers, yeah. the more energy they're going to give you back. And it's, it's the same. So I think really it's just I love that exchange between if I can really give all of my effort because we're working, you know, 12 hours a day, 13 hours a day, literally to make this happen. Um, and if, if I can put all of that effort in and then that effort comes back to me just through watching people's reactions and them being entertained, um, that's just an amazing feeling. It's, it's not too complicated. I've, there's no grand plan of, I don't know what will happen from it, but yeah, I just really like that exchange of energy. I think it's just the beginning, Joel. But anyway, <laughs> I, um, I, speaking of entertaining, speaking of your love of just, you know, getting that, that, that um, excitement from entertaining audi- audiences, you've um, received a lead role in a feature film. How much are you allowed to talk about this? <laughs> I'm actually not sure. Not sure? You but don't know? Yeah, no, I'm <laughs> not entirely sure. But yeah, no, I, that was... Um, so Daniel Gordiello, uh, who's choreographing for our event, well, I met with him this year and was talking to him. And then he just said to me, do you act? I went, well, I'm not going to say no. And, I can. Yeah, I can act, <laughs> sure. <laughs> and... Um, so yeah, he, he said, well, I'm pr- producing a film at the moment. Um, I went, cool. And didn't think anything was really going to happen from it. And then... Well, you never do from those kinds of conversations no. because usually nothing happens from those conversations. Yeah, that's right. right. Yeah. And then got the audition and then got it. And I went, okay, this is interesting. Um, just got the lead role in a, f- a movie coming out that um, will involve a lot of... It will be very heavily involved with dance. And... Um, so that was really, really cool, but just very random. And yeah, so that would be all getting filmed in a couple of, well, after the, after the gala, but yeah. It's very exciting. And I must admit, I think it's a little bit more interesting than joining a ballet company. It's a lot more fun. It's, it's <laughs> going to be a lot more fun for you, I think. Um, that's super exciting. When does that start filming? Uh, so that's about a couple of weeks after the gala. Excellent. So yeah. Very exciting. Well, I'm going to keep an eye out for further details. Um, so I always ask my guests on the Balance Ballerines podcast as a final question. Um, what is your best tip for leading a balanced life? Sound very busy at the moment. How are you keeping yeah. your cool? I think don't try, uh, which is going to be really backwards, I suppose. It's probably not the best answer. But I think the, the moment you're trying to do something or trying to be something, um, and you give yourself that expectation. Um, you know, if you're trying to be happy, trying to be happy, you you're not happy. Mm. Um, if you're accepting that, okay, this isn't right, or this is, I'm I'm upset right now, but um, what next? Um, that's where you'll be a little bit more balanced. You know, you can't have the good without the bad. So stop stop putting so much pressure on yourself. I suppose is probably a better words to use. But yeah, just. Um, Find what makes you busy. Find what makes because you're always more happier when you're busy. 
well, I am anyway. So. I am too. Yeah. I'm so unhappy when I have holidays. I'm like, yeah. like, I feel like I've done nothing or accomplished zero today. Yeah. yeah. That was probably the worst answer I think that you've had on the podcast no, so far. It's no. not. No. <laughs> the, the, the answers I get are very various from, you know, oh, my cup of tea in the morning yeah. to very grand, you know, yeah. large philosophical answers. So, <laughs> no, that that's definitely um, a good piece of advice and I agree if you're trying to be happy you're not happy you've got to stop trying you've got to just let it go and yeah yeah. don't overanalyze your life oh (laughs) exactly 100% and I find that when you stop overanalyzing everything just falls into place a little bit easier (laughs) yes it's like it's like in class sometimes I was having a conversation recently with some of my adult ballerinas and saying I can see you're trying so hard Mm. and the problem with trying so hard is that you actually need to stop for a second, Mm -hmm. slow down, take a breath and your Mm. movement quality will look so much better. Whereas if you're forcing it and you're trying so hard and you're holding your breath, like it just doesn't work. So it's amazing how much um, ballet can relate to your life. Uh, If you're, you know, a stressed ballet dancer, you've got to be a stressed. It's kind of like driving as well. You can tell who's not a very nice person just when, you're driving on the road you're like yep that person's not a very nice person at all. that's so true <laughs> it's um so similar with ballet you know if you're stressed out in your ballet class you're probably a very um uptight person um or if you're you know someone that has very sloppy technique you're probably quite a just a laid-back lazy person um and it, i suppose it's just really being real with yourself and going well what do i want to be do i want to be you know the barishnikov that just gets it all clean and done and um, and if you're that type of person in your ballet class, you can relate it then to your um, normal life or vice versa. Mm. I love that. <laughs> well, I haven't had that answer before. So, <laughs> yes, I mean, definitely um, ballet relating back to life is a huge theme on the podcast <laughs> yeah. and within the Balanced Ballerinas community, but you just put it so eloquently. So thank oh, you. Goodness. That was good. <laughs> thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure, Joel. I will give everyone further details. Is there anything else you would like to announce? Or, no, I just hope to or, see you all there. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's just do a quick shout out for your socials so they can follow along. Yep. You can do your personal and for big. <laughs> yeah, so the big... Gala um, socials are Ballet International Gala. And um, if you want to see our website, balletinternationalgala.com. And if they want to stalk you a little bit, Joel, and see what feature film you appear in a few months' time or years, I don't know what the timeline is there, how can they follow you on Instagram? Uh, my name is literally just Joel Burke, J-O-E-L-B-U-R-K-E. Awesome. Thank <laughs> right. you. Thank you so much, Georgia. Thank you.